What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of God and Government. I'm Pastor Stewart. This is Pastor Brandon. Happy, What's up? Happy to be with you guys this week. Um, we got a good number of folks in the feed so far. 18,000 um, watchers are with us so far Man, this morning. Good name to see and you claim guys. It. Name it and claim it. If you could visualize your success. <laughs> well, it says 17. Doesn't that doesn't that mean 17,000? 17, 17K. 17, yeah, it's 17,000. That's right. You know, That's right. We're trying to deal with our popularity and our success in very <laughs> humble ways. Um, so we just ask that you guys would bear with us. We know that um, we, we may look lofty and important over here in mm. this high-end studio setup. It is pretty nice. That we have here. It is. You know, it's fantastic. I'm grateful. So. We even have our own producer in the house. Magamat. What's up, Magamat? Good to see you. Happy to be here. He's over there in his Magamat Maga hat. It's good times. He's I... not really wearing that. You guys know that, right? This is a joke. It's, a, I don't it's know. your joke. It's the joke that you started and that False. you proliferated. False. I am a nicer person. You participated in this joke. It's happened. Okay. <laughs> so today... Title of today's show is the non-PC primer, or primer. if you prefer primer. the European pronunciation, the primer. The non-PC primer. <laughs> oh, no Can pressure. you do the whole show in that accent? No, I'm terrible at accents. I feel like that's good, though. I feel like that's good. My so wife been... would probably text in and be like, stop <laughs> Please it now. Stop. stop it now. Please stop it now. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining It's nice to know that she's, she's looking out for you, though. She's she got is. A, she's got she a concern is. for you. Um, so we've been talking about a lot of uh, stuff in our local, or in our recent sermon series, talking about good news to the poor. Yes. I feel like it's appropriately timed um, with the current situations that we're going through as a nation mm-hmm. right now. We're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of things going on. Cities are burning. People are crying out for justice. And that's I think that's great because one of the main things that we talk about on God and Government is justice. Justice. Right? Amen. Yeah. So Biblical justice. Where are we going today, Pastor Brandon? Where are we heading? Oh, well, today is going to be a hard, hard day, Um, difficult to articulate. It's going to be a workout. It's going to be a workout. We're going to flex. We're going to need a lot of grace. This is almost like a conversation starter. Mm. And the folks that know me know how I'm wired. I um, enjoy considering the foundations of things. That's... Your worldview guy. That's how God has wired me. Talking about that earlier. Um, when, When... some people keep it simple. Let's just keep it simple. Here, here's the facts. You know, this is what happened. Um, but in, in trying to uh, pastor a church and lead a church, I want people to understand what's going on in our world mm-hmm. at, at deeper levels. I, just, I think that equip, that's one way of equipping the church, and I feel like that's how God has wired me. And so we're going to try and do our best um, to discuss the topic of oppression, Ooh. Oppression is a big topic these days. Um, no doubt. All over the news. The, the, everything that's going on in our news right now is all about quote-unquote oppression. Yeah, that's right. And so I want to lay out some of the biblical basis of this, but I also want to get underneath, as best I possibly can, this new um, political religious revolution that's taking place in our nation. So I just said a mouthful there. Yeah, you just said religious resolution. What do you mean religious? How could it be What is happening in our nation is a religious political revolution. It's been going on for many years, um, but we are beginning to see some of the fruits of it. Now, I'm not going to try to say everything that there is to possibly say about this today. 
Right. And anybody who is joining us, especially if uh, any of the pastors at Christ Church are with us, I'd, I'd love any um, questions, mm-hmm. or maybe they could help interact with the people in the feed. Absolutely. As the pe- if anybody in the feed freaks out, um, I know all the pastors really, really well, yeah. and I've discussed all of these things with all of the pastors for hours on end. Um, because um, I want to understand. I want to chop it up. I want to try to discern these things. And right. so, um, in fact, if you're a pastor in the feed at Christ Church, <laughs> would you just go ahead and designate yourself as such and list your title in there, just so we know that you're there and uh, you'd be available to to help minister to some folks. Yeah, if they've maybe got share questions. some resources. Yeah, um, you absolutely. might need to defend Brandon for a moment or two. You know? <laughs> you know. I was informed this morning by. Um, a person who will name remain anonymous that I am now guilty by association just by being within a certain distance of you that wow. now suddenly I am also in trouble so congratulations like you have you have reputation I don't feel like friend. I've done anything wrong <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair well I want Christians to be equipped Amen. as it pertains to oppression the purpose of getting equipped in this area is so that we can actually help those who are oppressed. Right. There are people who are oppressed. Right. They're all around us. We want to be able to actually help them. Mm. What mm. good is it if we just virtue signal in their direction? You know, go go be clothed. Go, go have a meal. But we right. don't actually help them. Mm-hmm. Or if we attempt to help them in some form of flattery or... Or some form of self-vindication, and we end up hurting them even worse. Sure. We become the oppressor in these Mm. situations. So we want people to be equipped well. But this is what is happening in our nation right now is a political religious movement. Mm. We can agree on many of the various details of events, right? Right. And, And I've done this on my Facebook profile. I've talked about many of the details. But at the end of the day, we need to step back and see that a religious political movement mm-hmm. is picking up steam. So I think in order to say that, we have to like kind of give people a little bit of background on what we mean by that. Because let's say we got some people who are not a part of Christchurch, they're coming in and listening for the first time. We've got categories established that we've established for years about what we mean when we say everything is religious. Well, sure. N- nothing, sure. Is, nothing is really secular. Yeah, we are spiritual beings right. created to worship. Everything is about worship. That's right. Everything is about salvation. Everything is about heaven mm-hmm. and hell and judgment and justification and sin. Right. Um, and we won't be able to unpack all of that today, but that's kind of what we mean when we say, you know, this is a political religious movement. Well, uh, just you, as an example, mm-hmm. okay, um, the news is now reporting that a guillotine has been delivered to the governor's mansion in Puerto Rico as a part of a Black Lives Matter that's March. like French Revolution stuff right there. Yeah, that's clearly the signal. That this is a revolution. Mm. Now, what's going to happen is some of my listeners are going to say, aha, you don't think there is a problem with young black men in our country. You don't think that black lives matter. That's not what I said. That's right. not what I said. There's a difference between a phrase and a movement. There's a difference between individual problems within our system mm-hmm. and a movement that is leveraging these problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So we've got to be able to discern. We've got to be able to divide rightly. The church has to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time if we're going to ever be able to go to church together. Amen. And so that's what this is all about. And we begin with a question as it pertains to oppression. Okay. I think this is the best way to ask this. There's a million ways to go about it. 
But when we are Christians, we are called by Jesus Christ to help the oppressed, mm-hmm. to go out of our way to to save the blind from falling off of cliffs, right? Okay. To feed the poor, to help the hungry, Stop. to set the captives free, to yeah. break every yoke. This is a part of our dominion mandate. Stop them slipping away to death. That's right. And, and we've talked about this in other shows, and we will talk about it more today. Mm-hmm. But the question we have to ask when we are dealing with a neighbor, with someone that we love, someone, an acquaintance in town, we have to ask, is this individual oppressed? Hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot here. So I'm just kind of just, I'm saying one thing that I think really will help us. Is this individual oppressed? Okay. This is difficult because immediately people are going to jump to wrong conclusions on me. Okay. Give me some time. All right. Um, they might be poor. They might be powerless. And they might be oppressed. And they might be all three. They might be poor and powerless, but not oppressed. Is this individual oppressed? There are many, many categories of poverty in Scripture. Mm-hmm. one of which is oppression. But there are plenty of other reasons for why people are poor, over and above oppression. And okay. if you don't get your categories right, you're not going to help them. You're only going to hurt them. Okay. Okay. We all, can, we all have individuals in our very own families that are poor, and it's not because they are oppressed. Sure. We understand this to be a fact. Right. Okay. So the first question is, is this individual oppressed? Okay. This is not, and here's the key, this is not the same thing as asking, is this person a POC, a people, a person of color? Okay. okay. This is not the same thing of asking, is this a member of the LGBTQ community? Okay. And that they have certain sexual preferences. Okay. This is not the same thing as asking, are they a woman? There are individuals who are oppressed. Is everyone listening? Okay. There are individuals who are oppressed. But the argument is not. But there is a political religious movement that says there are entire classes of people, and they are people of color. Now, this is interesting. Note, they always say people of color. They don't say young African men, which is actually the problem, Mm. right? They Mm -hmm. say people of color. And one of my African-American friends always points out, when was the last time there's a police brutality um, issue with Asian people? That's not the issue. Hmm. You see, but we have a movement going on over and above, and, and they're leveraging an actual problem mm-hmm. for their movement. Hmm. The, the, this religious political movement puts people into classes. If you're a, people, a person of color... You have a certain sexual preference. Mm. Uh, you are a lesbian or a homosexual or transvestite or something like that, or you um, are a woman, then you are placed into a particular class of person, mm-hmm. and that class is oppressed. If you are a man, if you are especially a white man, then you are in another class, the oppressor class. Okay. Okay. I would say, and we're jumping ahead here, okay. but why is there the biggest... Now, nah, I don't want to jump ahead too oh. soon. Okay. <laughs> Let me just we'll say this. There. We'll get so, there. So, if... Okay. After this Black Lives Movement happens right now, this mm-hmm. Black Lives Moment, mm-hmm. Black Lives do matter. Amen. 
We should especially say that because there is a problem with police brutality with young African men. Mm-hmm. Period. End of dis- end of discussion. Right. I, I think we know this. Okay. I would also add there is a police brutality problem in, in general. general, and yeah. I would add there's a statist problem in general. There's a tyranny problem in general. Mm-hmm. But you see, they're using this individual problem as a fulcrum to leverage a political religious movement. Okay. All right? Okay. And so after this Black Lives Matter moment, I will guarantee, I'm not a prophet, <laughs> I will guarantee we will have another Me Too moment, we will have a Me Too moment, then we will have an LGBTQ rainbow flag moment, and around and around we go. Because they are, they are sending out certain pictures and, and uh, videos and optics and narrative and emotion as fulcrum to push this Marxist, cultural Marxist, political, religious movement. Mm. To what end, would you the say? Puerto Rican, the Puerto Rican marchers understand this, right? Okay. They're, there's a guillotine being delivered to the governor's mansion. It is a revolutionary movement. Hmm. Um, it is a rebellious movement. And like all revolutions and all rebellions, um, it bears the curse of God, not the blessing. Hmm. But we'll have to sa- save that aspect for another show. So okay. as Christians, we can't allow ourselves to be programmed. Okay? Okay. We can agree that there are issues. Mm-hmm. We live in a fallen world. There are systemic issues, mm-hmm. right? We can agree that if, if someone is of a particular race, that they might have to deal with certain issues more than others. We can agree with those things. Yeah, But sure. I'm talking about something deeper that's happening in our nation. Okay. Uh, something that is actually using these young black men and their suffering for their own political purposes and power. Hmm. Right? Okay. Continuing tyranny in another direction. Right? Um, Christians cannot be programmed by this. We have to um, hold identity politics back. Mm-hmm. When we feel the urge to, quote, lament or to virtue signal or to ask for forgiveness, we have to make sure that we are being Christian. Mm. You know, there's videos online of white people kneeling down before um, black people and confessing their whiteness. You see, they have swallowed this idea that they are guilty as members of a corporately guilty class, the oppressor class. Mm-hmm. Whereas the gospel says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The gospel says the sins of the fathers do not transfer to the children, that the children can walk in newness of life. Mm-hmm. The gospel says that if, if we follow Christ, he will exalt us and bless us. You see, we have to make sure that what we're not doing is, is being played by the guilt manipulation mm-hmm. in this political movement, while also at the same time acknowledging there are systemic issues, especially as regards young black men. Mm-hmm. You see how we, this is why I say we got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, honestly, every African-American Christian that I know doesn't want white people to do these sorts of things. Right. They don't want white people to go around pandering and flattering and faux apologizing and faux virtue signaling. And, I mean, every Christian African-American person that I know is like, well, you've never done anything wrong to me, but there is a problem. You see, they're not a part of this religion either. They're Mm. not a part of this political movement either. right? They're Christians like you and I. So 
Let me see if I can say this in another way. Um, many, 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 much more mas mucho <laughs> of the books out there regarding race are sipping this Kool-Aid. Okay. It is out there in evangelicalism and in Christianity the at cool, large. The Kool-Aid of? Of this Marxist, cultural Marxist, political, religious movement. Which to say there is an oppressor class and oppressed Everyone class. Everyone finds their class. There is a corporate guilt or a corporate justification that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. You, you, and this is in Christianity, too. This is in the pulpits of America. Okay? Okay. Here's an example of what it looks like. A pastor who cannot rebuke looting and stealing and rebellion and revolution, but who literally blames a vague whiteness or oppressor class for people looting and going in and stealing TVs and tennis shoes. Hmm. I, I guarantee you, if you could interview these looters, an overwhelming majority of them were like, no, I just wanted that stuff. You know, I don't, they're not in there as like political operatives. You know, there is the Antifa sort of folks. Sure. These are just simple people who lack self-government capitalizing on a moment, right? Okay. Um, they, they're sinning. They're, in, in, they're thieving. And, and that rebellion is cursed of God. Mm-hmm. It's disobedience and sinful and does not lead to wealth and abundance. Mm-hmm. But when you find pastors or, or political pundits who literally can't even call that out, you see, they're infected in their mind that those who are a part of an oppressed class are naturally vindicated and just Mm-hmm. And can do no wrong while it's actually, quote, whiteness or um, white guilt or the oppressor class that is mm-hmm. causing these things. Um, let me think of another one. Another is the belief that uh, POCs, people of color, or, or people in these oppressed classes can't actually be guilty of racism. Now, this, this might blow some of our listeners' minds. Who, people believe that? I assure you people believe that. And people who are in this religion, if they are a person of color, they oftentimes will feel vindicated to be totally racist Hmm. because they see you as, because you're white, they see you as a member of an oppressor class. You have corporate guilt. You are corporately condemned because of the color of your skin, whereas they are corporately justified. Hmm. Now now I'm using words like condemned and justified because what am I I up to? You're saying it's a religious movement. I'm contrasting this with the gospel, Hmm. Okay. This is why if Christians swallow this bait and get played by the optics of our nation, right, we're going to lose the gospel. This is another gospel. Hmm. This is a political, um, revolutionary, humanistic gospel, and it does not lead to utopia. It or leads unity to for more that ty- It leads to division, hmm. war, uh, revolution, and more tyranny. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but, that's, but that's what evolutionists are like. Like, they believe that the world was created through a big bang. So they really do believe that bricks, throwing bricks creates, Hmm. not, you know, putting them in a wall with mortar. They believe that revolution is the the, the sort of the, the, that chaos is the stimulus for a greater progressive, progressing society. Hmm. This is in their thinking and in their worldview. We Christians have to realize this is not how, this is not how the world works, nor how, how, how God has designed the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a little breath here to see if anybody is asking any questions. or we got a few people asking for some maybe resources. Yeah, like yeah. You got some books or some things like that that you could recommend well, to people? Uh, well, a lot of people are asking for books, 
And I, I appreciate that. But I've, I've been studying theology and religion and worldview and politics for 25 years. Right? <laughs> so it's not like I just stumbled on a pamphlet yesterday and mm. I'm giving you the bullet points. Right. I think sometimes people mistake that. They misunderstand how pastors work. Right. It's not like pastors are just um, book regurgitating parrots. necessarily. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot here that is that has God has gifted me and enabled me to be able to discern certain things. Right. So there are books, but they're not going to be able to read one book and be like, ah, presto, got this. Sure. What they need to do is, like we said yesterday, get you a good systematic theology mm-hmm. and start there. That's where we all Just start. start reading. We Frames all start. One of the ones get some biblical homartiology, biblical anthropology, biblical soteria. If you learn what justification is in the Bible and what confession is in the Bible, you're going to be less apt to be suckered. Mm. So get that solid grounding, that solid theology. Get mm. in a church that actually is serious about teaching the Bible. Stop picking churches based on what programs and consumer goods they offer you and your children mm. and get equipped. It's time to get serious. Mm. The world's burning. It's time to get serious. Yeah. Right? So the starting place, let's just sum it up. I'll make it simple. The starting place for people, if they're looking for something to read, let's just start with John Frame's Systematic Theology. That one might be hard. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. Well, um, I'm hoping that folks that are that are coming in are, are asking he, questions because they're ready have to get a simple to work. One. He might have a simple one. R.C. Yeah. Sproul has a simple one. Okay. Um, and uh, Wayne Grudem has another simple one. Mm-hmm. Um, Look up Bible things beliefs, like soteriology, biblical anthropology. Get your basics. Get your basics. Get justification. Right. Rock solid. You know, keep going to church. That's right. We're putting out resources. You know, tune in for the resources that and, we're offering and, folks as well. And listen to your pastors. Okay. Yeah. Like, God has gifted the church with certain men who are pastors and teachers mm. for the equipping of the saints. He didn't design the church so that everyone is an expert teacher on all things. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So there's a reason, you know, I've, there's a reason why you should listen to these uh, podcasts, these sure. resources and sermons, and really think about them and ask questions. Yeah. So um, let me see. What else can I say just to kind of make this... Okay, this is very hard for pastors, and I know this. I I talk to a lot of pastors, both white and Mm African-American. This is very hard to talk about because as soon as I bring up the fact or the historical reality of oppression, even race-based oppression of Mm African-Americans, I'm immediately treated as though I am this cultural Marxist revolutionary. Right. I'm immediately treated as though I'm up to something. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not overt. Most white people that I know do not understand these things. They just sense that a play is being run on them, Mm -hmm. that someone's trying to accuse them of something. No one's trying to. (laughs) If you've oppressed a black person, stop it. right? But no one is trying to say that you have some sort of corporate guilt because of what people who look like you did in the past Mm. no Mm -hmm. one christians aren't true genuine gospel believing christians aren't saying that Mm -hmm. but we want to be able to talk about real issues in the world today and not be slammed into one of these compartments right right and as a christian 
Listen, as a pastor, a ton of people have left our church over this because when I talk about this or or the other pastors in our church talk about this, they're like, oh, you see, there go the liberals. There go the progressives. Right. (laughs) They're being simple minded. They can't walk walk and chew gum at the same time. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. The Bible has a lot to say about oppression. We're going to talk about it. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so hard. Immediately, everyone is triggered as soon as you mention it. They, They think that we're using the fulcrum. That we're leveraging various injustices of the past or the present Mm -hmm. to sort of like condemn white people or overthrow the Republican Party. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're up to. (laughs) My my private messages are filled with people. Just stop it. Just stop it. Like, you know, they don't even know what I'm talking about. Mm. They're not they're not equipped. They just have this like this mindset that if you bring up this issue here, you're you're batting for this team. Well, and one of the or things if you that... bring up this issue, you're batting for this team. I'm not on these teams, mm-hmm. okay? I'm a Christian that holds to all of the Bible, mm-hmm. and I promise you, it's a different team. Well, we've noticed, you know, over the years, this kind of inbred, um, maybe inbred is the wrong word, but bred in, let's say it that way, um, mistrust, distrust of authority in general, um, but in the South, specifically pastors. That's partly why everybody goes to a new church every three to five years is because something happened and they left because they didn't like the pastor, really, if we're being honest about it. We all want self-autonomy, for sure. For sure. It gets to be, we need to get to a spot where I think we can say, I need a pastor because the Bible says that. And if I need one, then that probably means I should trust him. And the Holy Spirit's real, and He knows me, and He's guided me somewhere, and, and God He's given me a pastor over all these he's, things. That's right. He's moving in the things in my life, trying to help and equip me. Amen. That's right. Amen. Um, let me think. What else can I say to try to unpack this? Um, here's another reason why this is so hard, and I've already said this, mm-hmm. but blacks have been systemically oppressed because of the fact that they were black. You know what I mean? This is an obvious statement, but we should talk about it for a little bit, I suppose. But you see, I want to be able to say that. And not, and tell people, I'm not trying to now leverage that mm-hmm. for a Marxist political revolution. I'm not trying to reconstitute the Constitution. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to burn down the Capitol building. Sure. I believe in sanctification for the individual and society. We could learn from our lessons, and we could do better. But what we're not going to do better is if all of a sudden we adopt this Marxist worldview. Ah, you see, the problem is white, whiteness is the oppressor class, mm-hmm. and POCs and LGBTs and, and females are the oppressed. Therefore, we need to bring about justice by redistributing power and, and wealth mm-hmm. and income. That, no, that is a different religion. Mm-hmm. You know, when that religion says racial reconciliation, they mean something different than when I say it. Right. You know, when right. that religion says um, oppression, they mean something different than I mean it. Mm-hmm. It's a different religion, different language, different worldview, and it is in the church and in Christian bookstores. Well, I would even like put forward, I, I don't think that, so no one before this was saying this is a Marxist religious revolution. I don't think Nobody's thinking that everybody way. had categories, but I do think that everybody had a suspicion a little bit saying something is different about this. This feels Raise strange. your hand if you think this cop, it, we're just witnesses. We're not the judge, jury, and execution. Sure. But it really does look like the cop murdered him. Raise your hand if you think that. Absolutely. Right. Every Producer Matt. Even Magga Matt. Even Magga Matt said it. You said it. Oh, the I did. record. You started it. You started it. <laughs> but you see now, everyone can agree on that. And then what happens? His fiance says, 
violence is not the direct, the way forward. You know, she's a Christian, mm. but then all of a sudden, here comes the fulcrum, here comes the pitch. Mm-hmm. Even Someone the virus, okay, even the virus, we're all like, okay, let's keep the the curve flat. This yeah. could be really, really bad. Nobody had then, a problem with then that. Then what happens? Here we go. Here we go. Here comes the the now all the nation hates each other over a a, a, a virus. Right. Something is happening in our nation, and mm. I'm, what I'm saying is a political, religious revolution. It's a constant barrage. They're using and leveraging every issue to create this sort of uh, oppressor, oppressed class, mm-hmm. and to foment hate and envy and rage to divide us in order to redistribute power and wealth. Mm. This is what I preached on Sunday. The way forward is not scraping and clawing after who would be the great, greatest. Right. Jesus assigns greatness. Jesus gifts it to those of humble estate who are faithfully serving him and others. Amen. That's why the Christian has a different view of power and a different approach to gaining power. Mm. It's a totally different religion. Amen. Um, so let me see. Um, so back to our question. Back to our question. If we're going to help someone... We have to ask, are they? Name them, right? Don't, Who's the person? Don't assign them a class mm-hmm. or a category based on their color mm-hmm. or their wh- who they want to sleep with, right? Or their gender or their body parts. Are they being oppressed? See, that's another thing of why charity needs to be local. This is why the church and the family are good at it, because we can know the person, love the person, and know precisely why they are suffering or why they are poor. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so we ask, are they oppressed? Now, this is actually, that makes it much harder. Because now we're talking about an individual whom you know personally, that you have a relationship with, that you can ask questions to, and then insert yourself into their life to a degree where you actually can assist them and, in biblical terms, serve them, yeah. which is a lot more work than just clicking a share button on Facebook. Well, you know what I'm saying? It, yes, amen. Considerably harder. It's a weird world when Jesus says you have to love your neighbors, and we all look at him and we're like, we don't have neighbors. Like, who are you talking about? Yeah, what neighbor? We only interact with the people that work and everyone else through a computer screen. Through digital, yeah. I share. I love my neighbors. Share. That's how I love my neighbors. Nobody. <laughs> it's a lot more work than that. That's right. That's right. Um, hmm. What else can I say? All right. If there's got some questions, we'll answer them before we get into the more specific biblical categories. Well, Pastor Joe's got, uh, he found the simpler John Frame book. Oh, thanks, Pastor Joe. He, is there a way to give him a title of Master of Books? Could we? Is that possible? <clears throat> he doesn't need that. <laughs> that you see, help. I know him, and I know what would be good to him. <laughs> Flattery, pandering, he, he doesn't need this. Oh, that would be helpful. Right. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Anybody else interacting? Anybody else watching? I'm going to go over here to 20, see. We've got 25,000 people in the feed That's right awesome. now. Um, literally 18 all comments. Gregory Thomas says he would like a longer list of books. I think you gave him a big list of books a few days ago, huh? He's got some good resources to be digging into. Isn't that right, Greg? I did. Yeah. I did. He's got some stuff to read. Yeah, he, he's in a good place. He's starting in a good place. Knock it out, I got bro. some more stuff for him, though. Do it. Right. Anything else? No mm-hmm. haters, no trolls? No, bro. Well, you can't say that now. You know, you'd have to... <laughs> <laughs> Gotta play nice. I see no trolling happening All right, here. well, let's move miss, on, then. I miss your friend. We should, we should get right, him right, in here right, one right. day. Let's let's move on then. We ask: <laughs> Is the individual 
oppressed. Okay. Okay. There are oppressed people. Absolutely. It, it's it's biblical. The there are a lot of oppressors in our society. And mm-hmm. in, in fact, there's systemic oppression, mostly mm-hmm. coming from the state. Mm-hmm. That's why I always point out it's the state. It's not, you know, some oppressor class. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we know if they are oppressed? Here's Actually how we're oppressed. Do it. Right. Okay. <laughs> the first thing and we have to ask, and this is why this is the non PC primer. All right, here we go. Primer. Is, are they lazy? Are they a sluggard? Ooh. Okay. That's just listen. The Bible talks about the sin of sloth, the deadly sin of sloth, mm-hmm. all the time. Right. And That's it right. is one of the reasons why people are poor. Now, this is p- not PC because in this religious movement, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to say that someone is poor because because they're lazy. They're mm-hmm. poor because they are oppressed. Period. End of discussion. Mm-hmm. And and you saying they're lazy just makes you a part of the problem. You're a part of the oppressor class. Mm-hmm. No, but the Bible does say there are lazy people, and many of them are poor on account of it. Mm-hmm. And and we listen. We all have people in our families. That are poor because they're lazy. Sure. We know that. Sure. Now, laziness is a, a something we need to develop. The Bible calls it the sluggard. Mm-hmm. This is some, I just went through the Proverbs for the description of this person. So when you are considering, am I going to help someone? You need to be wise enough to know, is this their problem? Because if their problem is being a sluggard, you're not going to help them. You're going to help them. But you're not going to help them in the same way you help someone who's oppressed. Right. You, you would say, hey, get to work. Here's a job. There were, yes. There would be a few things. There, there would be some rebuke, some preaching, some teaching, some church discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, but there would not be um, the same thing that would be for an oppressed person, which we're going to get to in a little bit. Right. All right? Okay. Um, so i got to make sure I'm following my notes here correctly. Okay, yeah, I am. All right. Do they constantly make excuses for themselves? Are they causing their own hunger? A slack hand causes poverty, mm-hmm. the proverb says. Mm-hmm. Right? Are they um, unable to accomplish anything? The, the Bible says that the sluggard can't even walk down the road because there is a hedge in his way mm-hmm. everywhere he goes. His sloth deters him from finishing any mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. or accomplishing mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. right? You can distinguish between a, an oppressed person and a sluggard because a sluggard is proud. Being mm-hmm. oppressed doesn't make you inherently proud. Okay. Lazy people, the Bible says, is proud. Uh, Solomon says that the lazy person is wiser in their own eyes than seven men with sense. Mm. Right? The, a lazy person is filled with covetousness. Someone who's oppressed, they want a chance. They want a shot. Mm-hmm. They don't want your stuff. They're not mad at you about having it. Mm-hmm. The slothful person, though, is filled with lust and covetousness for everybody else's stuff. It's very true. Like, and so one of the easiest examples I can think of, you know, we do a lot of ministry to folks who are trapped in addiction, poverty situations, things like that. Um, sometimes we work with people who are like, hey, man, I'm just looking for something to eat. And I say, okay, I have this thing, um, whatever it may be, yeah. and it'll be rejected. And they'll say, well, I was really hoping for some chicken. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well... I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible. So, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> you might not right. be hungry. The sluggard wastes opportunities. The Bible says that the sluggard won't roast his own game. So he's he's killed something, mm-hmm. but he doesn't take the time to roast it and preserve it. Mm. He just like just eats it raw and bloody. 
Mm-hmm. Right? He's wasting opportunities. They won't plow in the spring. It's springtime, time to plow. They won't. But in the harvest, they're walking around looking for food. Mm. They waste their opportunities. Mm. They're, it says this, their field is overgrown with thorns. Their wall is broken down. Their roof is filled with leaks, and it's caving in. Mm. Now, that looks on the surface like a poor person. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same thing as an oppressed person. That's They're right. poor, but it's on account of their being slothful. Mm-hmm. Um, the proverb says that the sluggard dies for lack of self-discipline, mm. not because he's oppressed. It's called a deadly sin. It leads to poverty. Mm-hmm. It's soul-crushing. Right. It it has to be preached, and the gospel has to be presented to it. And we rebuke w- church discipline if necessary, counseling. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. what would kill a sluggard? is if you just start giving him what's called entitlements. Listen, the way that our system is set up right now, I've worked with many men who have dealt with this, and women too, who have dealt with this exact situation. They receive SSI, a disability check, and in order to continue receiving that check, that free money each month, they are not allowed to work. The moment they go and find a job, they lose their free money. So they're incentivized to stay away from work Forever. And these are sure. people who like maybe couldn't work in the highest level of jobs, but they could find a job that would So they help were born them. poor and now because of government's foolish, sinful welfare, mm-hmm. they are given entitlements and now they're enslaved in this particular system. Exactly. And it's going to be generational poverty at this point. Mm. There's other reasons for poverty. One is that sometimes people are poor because of past sins. There are certain sins that you can commit that have an economic impact on you for a long time. You might be a Christian, love the Lord. Mm -hmm. The church should come alongside and try to soothe the hurts of those sins. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's only so much you're going to be able to do sometimes. If half their wages are garnished because of some sin in the past, Mm -hmm. there's only so much you're going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to empower a sluggard because wealth comes from work. You won't be able to. You'll mm-hmm. only be able to trap them in, in, with entitlements and enslave them to you and to your power. Mm-hmm. And someone who is suffering from past sins, you help them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Another reason is because they're foolish. They're encumbered with debt, bad stewardship. They bought the lie that they needed to spend um, $300,000 on a, a degree in underwater basket weaving or something sure. like that. Sure. They've done foolish things or they have a gambling addiction or a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to help them the same way you'd be able to help someone who's oppressed. Right. Okay? Right. They might be a poor on being a, on on account of being a thief. The Bible says that God God's curses rest upon a thief. Mm. Someone who doesn't respect other people's property and boundaries mm-hmm. is making war against God. They might be uh, poor because they dishonor their parents and are rebellious to authority and rebellious to their parents. Mm. Someone who makes war against the authorities that be, that are ordained by God, Mm. against their parents, is under God's curse and wrath. They make war with God, and they can't expect to receive his blessings in this life. Right. (coughs) Right. If you hate all authority, you're defiant and rebellious, you hate your parents or you hate anyone else who's over you in authority, you can generally expect to not be very wealthy. Hmm. Of course, these things are not automatic and absolute in every situation. Sure. The Bible tells us that sometimes the wicked do prosper, but only for a season. Hmm. Only for a season. And then Egypt gets pillaged. Yeah. Then it eventually it comes crashing down. Mm-hmm. That's right. So even in that case, their, their wealth is a form of judgment on them. Mm-hmm. So now back to our oppressed individual. Is, there, is this individual oppressed? 
Are they in bondage? I'll give you a good example. They committed a crime as a teenager. They've been branded a felon. And that thing is still on their record at 40 years old. They paid their restitution. They did their time. Right? And they still have this F, this branded red F on their record. Mm-hmm. I would say that's an example of being oppressed. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Christians should work to help people expunge these things. Because that assumes that no one can change. No one can be transformed. That's Well, that's it also awful. assumes that you can never... You, you can never be forgiven or given a second chance. Mm. The gospel gives people a second chance. Mm-hmm. But statism does not give people a second chance. Mm. So Christians should work as an example to help people expunge these records. If you have money, you can get the felony off your record. But what about if you don't have money? You've lost all your money because of all the court fees you've been having to pay and the probation fees right. and all the various other things all these years. Or someone who's an abused wife. That's oppression. Absolutely. Right? Emotionally or psychologically or physically abused or someone who's stuck in some school district and they're forced to go to a failing school because mm-hmm. they, they've been gerrymandered into some demagogue's district. Mm-hmm. That's oppression. These are these are real. There are real oppressions that take place in the criminal justice world, mm-hmm. take place in the political world, take place in all of these things. And um, Christians can work and should work to break every yoke. Amen. Christians should go into politics to do this. Christians should use their own businesses, their own individual capital mm-hmm. to do these things. And to know this, if you are an oppressed person or if you're trying to help an oppressed person, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He's on your side. If you're repentant, you see, this is important, right? Empowerment, quote unquote, empowerment begins with Jesus Christ, our covenantal Lord who promises blessings and these blessing blessings are promised to your generations for a thousand for a thousand generations. You want to change your family tree, repent and follow Jesus, mm. begin to obey him and he will free you from your tyranny and he your, will set you free, truly free you and your offspring, you and your children. That's mm. right. So revolution's not the answer. Bricks through windows are not the answer. Even political maneuvering, while we should be working in politics to do what we can, mm-hmm. one thing an oppressed person can't do is really work in politics. They're totally oppressed. Right. right? They're marginalized. They don't but, even have access. That's right. What they can do is trust in Jesus Christ, faithfully follow him. Mm. You know, don't fall for the bait or the trap. Don't worship the state. And don't turn to your oppressors for your food and for your salvation. Mm. Trust Jesus Christ. Join with his people in a godly church. And I promise you the Lord will bless you in due time. Amen. The Lord, it says, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may oppress no more. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He goes on to say, and to preach and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Hmm. Jesus is up there in heaven, sitting on the throne, engaged in freeing the oppressed. Mm -hmm. But you have to be faithful to his covenant promises. You cannot turn to idols. You must turn to him. You see? So... We got one last section. What can we do if we have a neighbor who is oppressed? 
that's where we're going to get to. Okay. But I see you're you're um, scanning the comments and we got some questions if you want to hit. Yeah, we got. Well, I'll got do one, my best. I'll do my best. We got one question real quick. So I feel like this question comes up a lot. We might have to develop like a standard answer to this, but we have somebody asking. So then, do we discourage taking assistance from the state, or is this yes, case by case? Yes, we discourage that. But in yes, general, it's case by case. That's right. That's right. Well, we are in a defunct system. Right. Like 50% of our money is taken from us in taxes. We're all slaves in some sense. Sure. 50% slaves. And does this And then it's redistributed by the state. So, we're almost in a place where we're so oppressed as a people, right? Then our our very own leaders don't respect people's property and our very own leaders are under the curse of God on account of that. Mm. So, we're in such a defunct state that sometimes it's like we're left with almost no recourse it seems. Right. So, it's a difficult subject. But right. I'll just say this, if you are poor, anyone listening to this that's poor, don't take the bait. Hmm. Don't fall for it. Go to the church. Tell the church, I don't want to be on the government's dole. I don't want Caesar paying for my children's food. Hmm. I'm their dad. Caesar's not their dad. And that's my wife. And I am poor. And go to the church. Go to Christ Church and ask for help. I guarantee you, you come to Christ Church, you be a faithful Christian, you follow Jesus Christ, the poor will not be named among us. Amen. That is a prophecy of the Lord. I firmly believe it. But So if you are poor, don't take the bait. Mm. Don't take the bait. You may not rise up real high in your life. Let's see what happens with your children. Especially if you got into a godly church where there were people with power and with privilege ready to leverage it for you. Mm. That's Christ Church. I do believe. I've seen it with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. But if you Mm -hmm. continue to worship at the foot of the state and take their bait, you'll always be under their knee. Mm. You'll always be under their knee. It's incredibly hard to get out. Like you say you get connected to any type of government assistance and you're used to a set amount of income that suddenly will be lost at some point in, in which you opt out. That's, that's hard every time. A, it, you know? is, it is the benefaction of tyrants, Luke mm. twenty two twenty four. Mm. It is intended to impoverish you and enslave you. Mm. It is the reservations that we stuck the Indians on. It's your place. And you can see it in the tax model. Don't models. take the bait. Right. And, and don't believe the lie that you are poor and you will always be poor because there is this massive cloud, this invisible hand of oppression that's over everyone and you have no chance to make it. Mm-hmm. That will brainwash you into ex- to generational poverty. Mm. That will brainwash you. Don't believe that Marxist political religion. Trust in Jesus Christ. Go to his church. Tell them, I'm not worshiping at the foot of Caesar anymore. I'm not taking their bait. Can you help? And we're going to talk about how we can help as the church. Let's go. I'm in. So, any more questions, though, before we jump into this? No, that's it. Find it. Someone is truly oppressed. They want help. How can we help? Paul says it as plain as day. Let Let the thief no longer steal. Let them work. Amen. Let them work. Now... That sounds callous. It sounds like, was it Marie Antoinette that said, let them eat cake? Um, Oh, they're hungry. Let them eat cake. You know, they're poor. Get a job. That's not what it means. Paul's telling the businessmen. That's right. The household, um, the heads of households. You have capital. You have power. You have privilege. Don't check that. 
You're not Leverage guilty it. because you have that. Right. That's a blessing from Jesus Christ, a, co- a part of his covenantal blessings. But you have a responsibility. You have a cross to bear. Mm-hmm. Make some job openings. Create a business. Build some margin. That's right. Provide a margin in your fields so that they can join in the glorious dominion mandate as well Mm -hmm. so that they can walk alongside of you on harvest day carrying their own sheaves on their back and bringing it to their own family Mm -hmm. keeping that dignity being men being Mm -hmm. women right give small interest-free loans to help people purchase tools or equipment it's not hard to start a lawn care business but you need a little bit of something to start off with one of bi- bit. biblical charity is providing interest-free loans to the poor so that they can get out of a hole. So they can start. That's right. Provide training. Provide job placement. Provide education. Christ Church Academy offers scholarships for anyone mm-hmm. poor and oppressed. Amen. All right, going back to the idea of like uh, small interest-free loans or things like that, I'm remembering how this business started. This business, the business that I, I own and run, it started with a borrowed camera. I had one camera, and it was because a friend of mine let me use it, yeah. and that was it. That's awesome. It was, it's a cool That's how situation. It started. Like we could we can do that for others. There's Amen. ways to help. Amen. You know this cool thing these days about being an entrepreneur. You know, idea guys. The 23 year old. He's not so much about doing the job as much as he is <laughs> coming up with cool ideas. Hey, if you're su- if you're such a great entrepreneur, that's great. Get some ideas for how you can leverage your position. And create some margins for others. That's right. Create a job. Give some job training, some education. Now, we're not talking about the sluggard. You don't want to hire that guy. Don't hire him. Mm. You don't owe him anything, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You owe him love, truth, rebuke, right? Church discipline, perhaps. Mm -hmm. uh, He's going to use guilt manipulators on you, and he's going to believe all sorts of lies about how oppressed he is and everything. Sure. Don't fall for that. Don't be manipulated. Mm -hmm. Don't fall into this weird little religion. You don't need to confess anything to him. You owe him love and justice. Mm -hmm. You don't owe him a job. But someone who is truly impoverished because of oppression, they don't have an opportunity, they didn't have a father, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. make some space for him. How about, here's another one. Help them to get out of the myth that you have to have college to be successful. That's that's not even, that's a lie. That's just a flat up lie, Mm -hmm. right? People make tons of money that never went to college. I have a a (laughs) college degree that cost me $30,000 and (laughs) it literally generates no income for me whatsoever. I just pay the bills on it. I get to use mine a little bit. It was political (laughs) philosophy, but it was all total enlightenment, secular philosophy. So I had to unlearn most of it. Yeah. But, hey, how about while we're out helping the oppressed, how about we cut some taxes for folks? Wouldn't Mm. that be nice? You know, cut some taxes, maybe lower some of the uh, licenses, uh, regulations, and whatnot for small business owners. Um, What a great thing. What a great thing that would be. What about... um, you talked about this already, training people, training. helping them learn new fields, bring yeah, them absolutely. alongside, not existing, like if, maybe if you're a business over, not existing in, in perpetual fear that you're going to just be creating your competition. Instead, right. realizing in the same way that we were talking about before, that God provides everything that yeah. you need. Be an idea guy. Come, you know, think outside the box. <laughs> Jesus' resources are not limited. They're That's infinite. Exactly They're right. infinite. That's exactly right. How about this? Amen. We're going to need to provide some counseling. Christ Church provides free counseling, rehabilitation, tutoring, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, money management coaching, mm-hmm. right? 
all of the above. There's a ton that we could do for someone who is genuinely oppressed. Amen. And who needs help. I think most of the people in Christ Church, all the people in Christ Church, would be glad to get on board with this. Absolutely. They'd be happy to help. I think so, too. I mean, we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen with people hiring and giving opportunities to those who are in the church who are ready to get to work. It's it's great stuff. All right. Before we sign off, um, any uh, last-minute questions? Nothing else to And I feel like you've it addressed it. We got somebody who dropped a comment in saying that uh, to get a gov- to get above government assistance requires $35,000 a year and it requires education and training to get to that point. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about. And we think that the church is a, mm. a way to provide that, to be able to assist people, to help them start, you know. Yeah. The the giants in the land are big and scary. Absolutely. But King David is on our team. Jesus is on our side. Mm. If all we ever do is see how impossible it is, we're not walking by faith. We step out in faith, and we watch God part the waters after we step out in faith. Amen. Would our folks consider how—I'm going to sign off here for us, and then I'll let you sign off. All right. Would everyone consider how we might leverage our homes for the oppressed? Mm -hmm. Doesn't take $35,000 to live— if you're living in someone's mother-in-law suite mm. for a couple hundred bucks a month, mm-hmm. helping out with chores. Would we consider how we might leverage our car, our vans, our buses, our business mm-hmm. to create a place for someone, to create a job? Mm-hmm. Business owners can create jobs. Instead of obsessing constantly over how we can network everyone around us, let's think about how we can serve everyone around us. Mm. How we could build a business that um, is good for others as well. Mm-hmm. You see, when you have power, it's also a cross. And you're supposed to leverage it for others, not just for your own brand and your own ego and your own self. Amen. Let's, instead of virtue signaling and um, strutting and going about all forms of faux confession on Facebook, how about let's actually do something? In the real world. Which is much harder. If you're a teacher like me, teach, mm-hmm. educate, train, equip. But if you have a business, leverage that business. We're not saying everyone needs to start a nonprofit organization. That's not, no, I don't think so. Everyone no. needs to take what power and privileges and resources they have and consider how they might be able to leverage it for people who need help, for people who need us to break every yoke. Use your schedule, your family, your church to free the oppressed, and to provide an opportunity for work. That's the way forward. Amen. So hope it's helpful for everyone. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for being a part. Again, if you've got questions, maybe you're wondering how exactly you could do this, I'd encourage you to reach out to your pastors, your location pastors here at Christ Church, and get them involved in that conversation. Ask them maybe for some insights, some wisdom, some practical steps that you could take to start moving in that direction of leveraging your influence, the gifts that God has given you for those who are actually oppressed. Maybe you've got a relationship with somebody where you feel like you've only been enabling them for the last 
five, seven years. Maybe you're looking for an opportunity to serve people well. Maybe you feel like you've been manipulated a little bit. Get with your pastors. Talk to them. Learn a little bit more about the situation, and they would be more than happy to provide some counseling. If you've got additional questions, you can drop them in the comments here or email me, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at wearechristchurch.com. You can find all of our resources. Resources? You heard that? Resources. You can find all of our resources over at wearechristchurch.com slash media, or you can go to sermonaudio.com and search one word, We Are Christ Church, and get connected to tons and tons of additional information and resources that we have for you guys. Thank you all so much for joining with us, and we will see you all next time.